a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh, he's got the headgear off him. This is Big show coming up in footy talk. The Warriors, who would have thought they are three wins from four matches? And, Gordy, what is happening at the Dragons? I don't know. My old club, what is happening? But let's just let's just unpack it. Let's just put it up on the hoist and see what's wrong with the Dragons. And Parramatta, can't they start a rumour? We love it. Or is it, it Parramatta or someone around Parramatta? <laughs> or, or you starting it, Emma? I didn't start it, but we'll get into yeah, just oh, who did. yes, you did. We added to it. We just threw petrol on it. Hello and welcome to your Monday edition of Footy Talk. Emma Lawrence alongside Gordon Tallis and Gordy. After four rounds, what another incredible weekend of footy. I know we've been saying it the last few weeks, but this has to be the closest we have seen the competition in a long time. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? Like if you look at the top eight, some of the sides that are up there, who would have thought the Dolphins, Manly, oh, that's a pretty sharp turnaround. I think it's fantastic. I, I, I'm loving the competition at the moment All. All eight games, like a couple in, um, at the end sort of fell away. But, you know, if you look at the Warriors and Warriors and Dogs, like I said in the call with Dan Ganane yesterday, that was the best game of football all weekend. Mm. Like for me to watch it and we had a 17-16 game. We had the Broncos and Dolphins. We've had some really good games um, over the weekend. I thought that was the best. And we had Manly and South, 13-12. But I thought for entertainment yesterday afternoon, who would have thought the competition, like the the so-called weaker teams, the teams that you know everybody said that were going to be at the bottom of the table, are playing some pretty good footy. We're going to introduce a brand new segment. So we have to pick a highlight and low light Ooh. of the week. Now, I believe the um, the whole point of this is we picked one each, but I'm going to start with just being positive for this week, all if that's right. all right, Gordy. Oh, so I've got to be okay, – I'll be negative, Nelly. I'm, like, I'm happy with that. I mean, we can maybe rotate throughout the season if I'm feeling a bit more grumpy, but my highlight has to be Brandon Smith and his comments on Joseph Suali'i going over to rugby, and we've got some audio of it. Um, 1.6 million could have been spent better on the grassroots of rugby um, than grabbing old, our beautiful young Suwali from um, the Roosters. So, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on at the RRU. Um, while well, I'm having a tack at the rugby, I'll have a tack at the um, Australian rugby. I think um, a $1.6 million winger from the Roosters isn't going to help you beat the All Blacks. That was outstanding. I love that. I just feel like we need more characters like that because it's fantastic. I hate when you go to the press conferences and they give you the cliched answers or focusing on ourselves one week at a time. I just love that Brandon will say what he wants, have a joke. I think it's so good for the game. And it was honest. Yeah. It's fair to say there's some facts in there. Like they've done it before. They bought Wendell Lottie and Matt Rogers and uh, I know for a fact it annoyed a lot of the guys that are the rugby typical players that go to school and their dads, you know, really love and it's all about school rugby and how amazing it is at school. Like, seriously? Like, and they still talk about school rugby. Mm. (laughs) If they talk about school rugby league, no, no, I didn't even play rugby league at school. I didn't want to play because club's the best. Yeah. You know, but then they still live, oh, mate, that guy was such a great school rugby player. Like he's 16. He developed quicker. He just he just had a growth spurt quicker than the other kids yeah. uh, that were playing. So, um, 
you know, good luck to him. And it's not against him, mate. I'm so happy. But they'll say, oh, you know, uh, his first loves rugby. It's this. No, well, he was a leaguey that you sent to a private school. And now you had to buy him back. And it's bad business, really, because he asked them for 200000 a couple of years ago. So now he's got 1.4 extra out of them. Yeah. Good on him. Imagine being Not, 19, or he won't be 19 by the time he goes, but being that young, your early 20s, and earning that much money. Be outstanding. How good is it? He's catching up to you, Emma. Oh, please. He's I wish. catching up to you. No, do you know what? And, and I can see a bit of Sonny Bill about his career too, and I've, you know, watched that mention. No, he's a great athlete. You only play sport for a really short time, and, you know, watching him and what, you know, the Samoan culture meant to him and all that kind of stuff. So you think that, you know, it's going to set him and his family up for a long, long time if he invests his money properly. So I have no grudge on him. I just think that rugby, it's a bit desperate, isn't it? Yeah. Well, as Peter Volandi said, he can go earn his money in the boring game and and eventually come back to the real game. You don't have to bag them. You just realise that they, (laughs) for the last whatever, have not developed their talent. Yeah. Right. So, And that's one great thing about rugby league. And I can tell you this, AFL, and this is not kicking them all, this is fact. They needed to dominate the Western Sydney. They went to get Jared Hayne. They missed that one. And they got what it, and then they ended up with Israel Folau. They asked a lot of other NRL players. But the AFL will say, oh, no, 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 that's who we targeted. Israel Folau never kicked the ball in our game. They didn't even get a kicker in a yeah. kicking game. They just thought that they're going to buy a league. So if they got to buy a rugby league to promote their code, it means they're not doing a, the right job to get their brand out there. So that's pretty sad, really, that they got to buy who they say, oh, my rugby leagues, it's a domestic game. Well, stop buying our players to promote your game. And even AFL did it with Carmichael Hunt mm. and Israel Folau. And they offered Billy Slater, they offered Greg Inglis, they've offered all those guys. And I think that the number one they were after was Jared Hayne. And they missed out on him. So we just keep on producing them, Emma. We do. Rugby league is king. But I'm going to get you to be well, negative for a moment. <laughs> For a moment. And well, my negative, right, is uh, over there at, uh, what is it, Mount Smart Stadium or whatever it is, mm-hmm. Ericsson Stadium, I don't know. Over there in New Zealand, anyway, mm-hmm. at the home of the Warriors. What a cracking game of football. Some of the decisions. I called with James Graham. He took his shirt off. I saw his blood pressure. He went from beige to pink. That's how much his, temp- his, <laughs> his temper rose with some of the decisions. Some of those decisions were poor, but the one that really got me was when the bunker could look at kick out and he raked the ball out with his right hand and they let it go and the Warriors couldn't get their head back in the game and the dogs, Josh Adokar, scores straight off the scrum. That's a really poor decision when you can look at kick out, raking at the football. I don't know how they come up with that decision. That's my downer of the weekend. But they still got the job done, the mighty Warriors. Did you think... At the beginning of the season, the Warriors would be three wins from four games. What is it? The Dolphins three and the Warriors four? Are you serious? I'd be in a straitjacket. You'd put me (laughs) in a padded cell. Mate, if I would have told you the Dolphins, mate, it would have been top of the table clash, right, last last weekend because no one would have thought that Brisbane's going to beat Penrith. So no one would have thought the competition has thrown up a few curveballs, but they're great curveballs. And the Warriors are a totally different side. And it was great to see Sean Johnson – He's always had this potential. You watch him in the nines, he's, you know, he can 20 minutes light up the footy field, but for 80 minutes do the team stuff, like the one percenters, the stuff that, you know, all the real gritty players did. That's the that's the part of Sean Johnson yesterday that I loved. It was his defense, it was his kick chase, it was all the stuff that I'm not used to watching a Sean Johnson do. And I think that was his 230th game yesterday. Maybe the pennies dropped. 
If he plays over for the rest of the year, they're a chance against any football side. I know that's a big statement. The way they played yesterday, Sean Johnson was the difference between two sides going at it and they keep on getting confidence and they roll and they lost Tohu Harris um, in the middle of the ruck. So they were under the pump as well, uh, the Warriors, but they got the job done. So Sean Johnson, it seemed like from when he had left the Warriors and gone to the Sharks, he never really seemed quite at home. And they were obviously trying to offload him there at the Warriors, but... How much do you think it helps being back over there at home? He seems happier and therefore producing better footy. Yeah, well, it's look, I don't know that side of it, but yeah, like I don't know why it didn't work at Cronulla. Uh, I you know, haven't spoken to him, but he looked – that was the best game of footy. Like I've watched him, you know, run around and set up tries and do the kick, but the dirty stuff, the stuff he did like as a blue-collar type of player yesterday was the stuff that I was really super impressed with and that's – when the Warriors have been at their best, they've had a Kevin Campion or they've had someone that's just done that for them, you know, just led the way with their actions. And yesterday, Sean Johnson did everything. And then the game was on the line. You know, he's 15 metres off. He takes the ball. He slides through him, scores underneath the post. He kicked brilliant. It was a great performance. It was a first-class performance from him yesterday. Are you going to go as far as to say the Warriors – We should call a game over there. We should do this podcast from over there. Absolutely. Or should we? Waiheke Island, yes, straight we'll, down to we'll Mudbrick. we sort that out. A, be- a beautiful little winery. Charlie White likes his winery, so let's just go there. I'm, let's just start I'm, calling I want to go Warriors just game. <laughs> if the Warriors hit the front, that should be we it. Have if to. they're in, mate, if they're, they're in the top four, we have to invest in If them. they're in the top four, mate, we've got to invest in the game and it'd be rude for us not to go over there and call a game live. I agree. Are you are you saying they'll be top four? I was I was no. trying to get you to say they can win the competition. but <laughs> No chance. No, no chance you'll put your... Put your name no. to that quote yet? No, no, no. Do you think they can? They can. I don't I think, think they, they will. Can win. If they play their football like they did yesterday over there, they're going to be really hard to beat. Really hard to beat because the time difference sort of knocks you about. If they can turn that place into what they used to have it, where you'd go over there and you'd have to check your body in, it was a bruising encounter. I'm not sure whether I'll even make the eight, but yesterday, let's just give them kudos for what they did. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. It's a credit to – because when Cameron Seraldo left the Panthers and Andrew Webster as well, everyone was talking about Seraldo and he's the next big thing. No one was speaking about Andrew Webster. But he let's was not the forget, Nathan Brown the- didn't get sacked. Yeah. So Nathan Brown left for family reasons, yeah. right? So he wanted to spend more time with his family. Um, his girls are going into the final years of their high school and they said that we're not going to go with your dad. So that was his decision. A couple of the signings that he got in Nakura or whatever, that, it, it, it's that they, they were building nicely. So the place wasn't left you know, in a basket case. It was still moving forward. When Webster's come in, I think he's just added, you know, like he's put his own starch into the side and he's worked and he's had a great education. I think he was at the West Tigers um, under Ivan and he went to the Panthers. So he's been in successful organisations and the players are buying in. That's the key. Like I'm over these players that have to like their coaches. You don't have to like your boss to go there and do your job. Mm. You know what I mean? But in today's society with all these needy kids and the lack of resilience, everybody's got to like everybody to play good. Instead of going there, you're paid to play, go there and do it. And that's what the Warriors seem to be doing at the moment. They're rolling up their sleeves. You know, they've purchased really well in the off-season with uh, Clockstead and the like, and they're super competitive. They are they are super competitive. I don't know whether they can stay there for the whole, for the whole season, but I think they can make New Zealand a really tough place to win. 
Well, let's just hope they end up in the eight and the top four so we get some trips for this podcast over to to New Zealand to broadcast live. Um, Plenty more to talk about, though, from the weekend. We'll take a quick break. And afterwards, we're going to talk about the disappointing dragons. (laughs) All right, the dragons, the derby against the sharks, they got absolutely pumped Ben Hunt, their skipper, described it as rubbish, as embarrassing. 40-8 to eight was the final score. Gordy, what do you put that down to? How do you even explain that performance? You put it down to the players. Who do you put it down to? Does the chat about Anthony Griffin, does that, is that the beginning of the end? Because players say they, it's not a distraction, but when these things happen, generally a season begins to unravel. Not all the time. Was it? A month ago, how many coaches do the Dragons have to have mm. before they turn the focus on the players? It's a tough place to go. That's that's a new graveyard for coaches. So like, if you seriously. were a coach on the market, you wouldn't take that gig? Why? The inmates are running the asylum. The players don't turn up to, the, to that. Off the field, it looks like it's a fractured organisation. There's mm. no leadership. You know, they're still talking about mergers and changing their name. There's... Like it's what, 20, 20 what something years old? A 20-year-old marriage? Mm. Well, just divorce each other. Go back to St. George and go back to Illawarra or don't talk about it ever again. That's us and we're moving forward. I think it's fractured off the field, which seems to be, which just filters down the fractures on the field. They missed 32 tackles in the second half. So that's the players. Yeah. That's not the coach. That's not the game plan. That's got nothing to do with that's about you missing tackles. That's an attitude. That is a... That is what you bring as a player. That's what you're supposed to pack. You're supposed to pack your attitude when you go. You've got your game plan. It's on a piece of paper. You put it in there and you read it. Yep, that's what we're going to do. Fatigue can sometimes make you go in and out of the game plan. But the kick chase, the attitude from marker, the line speed, all that stuff is what you pack as an individual. So do you think it's an easy fix for them then? Or do you think the players they have at that club are not prepared to do the hard work to dig in and would... Do you like to see them or do you think they need to clean out a bit? Well, who knows? I thought they were brilliant against the Broncos. Four tries in the last seven minutes, right? So that was playing at a speed and a pace and at an intensity that they were there for 70-something-odd minutes mm. and then they fell away and they fell away really hard. And then when one comes two, three, yesterday is exactly the same. When something goes against them, they just drop their bundle. And no matter what you tell the kids, so – I don't know. I wouldn't like to go there and coach, would you? Definitely not. Coaching no, is right? hard so enough like, as it is. If you wanted to be a career coach and you go there and the players don't want to have a go and then no matter what you say, no matter how hard you work through the week and you're doing this and they're making their tackles and they're doing it and they go out there and they toss up that second half and then all of a sudden you don't have a job and the food on the table for your kids is under threat, yeah, would it, you coach? It, it almost wouldn't be, yeah, worth taking it. That's no. why coaches, I understand them being quite selective in – if you're in demand, wait for the oppo- right opportunity. And you got Ben Hunt, arguably their best player, mm. right? Said, can you just support us? About six weeks ago, can you just support us? So then all of a sudden, oh, you know, the coach has to re- like reapply. So all those kids that want an excuse when he's hard on him, he's trying to drive them, they got an excuse. <laughs> if I don't have a go, you're gone. That's all what's happening. Mm. Strong leadership off the field. The fish rots from the head. Do you think they need changes at the top? Well, they keep on changing the coaches and nothing changes. They're even higher. Yeah. Doesn't it? CEO, board. 
Yeah, but again, think, as you said, with I think the they need a full clean out and let's just get some other people in there with some new direction and whether it's, you know, half and half or whatever they do or don't have one person from Illawarra, don't have one person from St. George. If that's the problem and they can't get on or whatever it is and there's a division in the club, it's been there for a long, long time. Mm. I know it's been there for a long, long time. When Wayne Bennett rang me to coach there, he goes, mate, tell me a bit about the Dragons. And I said, we've never had any steel in our jersey. You're like, mate, we needed a bit more steel. And he signed Neville Costigan and Bo Scott and those type of guys. You know, get a bit of tough. And Dean Young was another guy there. And then, you know, they've never been married off the field. Mm. It's always been St. George and Illawarra. It doesn't work. The kids now, mate, my kids, they're 19, they've, they didn't know St. George. I never played for that club. Mm. It's St. George Illawarra. And for some reason, no one's happy with it. Well, Until they're all rowing in the same direction off the field, then all the players can maybe row in the same direction on the field. Yeah. And I'd hate to be coaching there, not knowing whether I'm going to be there. So then he's going to make poor decisions because he needs to win to maybe keep his job. So then you burn players out and you're under the pump and they say it's a result-driven business. But that club from Barbecue Gate, they're not turning up to, you know, presentations. I think, you know, I think there's a lot, of, you know, they've got to have a really hard look at themselves. And I think everybody does in the whole organisation. If I was in charge of it. Yeah, it seems to be one like, issue off the field after another. Why do we keep on? And every time you point the finger, look at this, Sam. Every time you point the finger, there's three pointing back at you. Mm. You liked that, didn't you? Mm. I do. That'll there, get there clipped go. up somewhere. No, but every time you so like every time you point the finger, there's three. So yeah. they really need to look at themselves. How do they get better? What do they want to do? It's a, you know, it's a rich club in history, and that is with the Illawarra guys as well. Like they were, you know, all those young guys that come in and you know they won a grand final. That was with Baz and Timo and the like, and Paul McGregor, and like that was, you know, it was. It's been so rich mm. with talent, and where is that talent going to now? That's why the merger was, you know, had that famous V and all that talent and it's still not filtering through. So something's missing somewhere in the organisation. I'm sure they'll be in the headlines for weeks and weeks to we come. We need Jeff Toovey. Can we just put in <laughs> Jeff Toovey? We need an investigation, investigation. into this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's shove him back in down there. <laughs> yeah, just go, eh. <laughs> Well, there needs to be an investigation into a number of issues. Uh, Michael Chamis broke yesterday that the Eels are – looking for a new fullback because they want to move their skipper, Clint Gutherson, to the centres. Uh, were you surprised by this, Gordy? Um, I just heard Billy Slater, our greatest fullback, mm-hmm. who when he watches someone, he watches them and watches them and watches them and watches them. It's quite boring. It's like when you put the wiggles on for your kids. That's how <laughs> much he watches the stuff just so he gets his peace and quiet. He said he's a he's a grand final winning fullback. The work he does, you know, like the amount of effort that that he brings to a footy side. So, as a fullback, I'd listen to what Billy um, has to say. But they are short in the centres. That's one thing. So if you can't go get great centres and Guthos, it's a conversation that I would certainly have with Clint. Well, they hadn't spoken. He didn't know for, at the time. Michael Chambers broke that story. And who said it? Did Brad Arthur say it? We don't know for sure. Well, it's, so it's either come from their CEO or from their speculation or facts? Are you saying that? Well, how do I know? If it's, if it's so definitely true, So like if Brad true, Arthur's yeah. come out and said, hey, we're going to – like yeah. to me, if Clint Gutherson doesn't know, mm. Clint Gutherson doesn't know, that is a that is a conversation with the coaching staff and Gutherson. 
That's not the management going, oh, yeah, mate, we think we're going to move him there. Of course you keep on, you know, adding to your roster and go, well, if he gets injured, well, we need a fullback, you know, we need a halfback, you know, we need centres or hookers or whatever. And the spine is so important, you know, to have some backup. And that's what we're seeing now in the game. It is so important, you know, to have your key positions with some, you know, depth in them. But whether he moves to the centre or not, I'm not 100% sure. Is it true or is it a rumour? Is it is it fact? That's the thing. We don't know 100% for sure, but uh, Chamis has come out and said that they're either the CEO or the, the coach has obviously said to Chamis that that's what's going to happen. We don't know if it there. I are- find that strange, right, that they don't tell the person, I'm going to move you to this position, but they go tell somebody else. Mm. Well, maybe they I don't, want it. Maybe really they don't want it in the public eye just yet. Maybe they don't want it in a public eye, so you tell a journalist. Mm. Is that what you're telling me? So maybe oh, we don't want it want in the public, public eye, eye. but mm. we will put it in the paper and then now we'll embarrass that guy and now he's a chance of going, what's going on here? I don't want to play centres. I want out publicly. Mm. Look, there's an agenda to everything. But as you said, I when I heard Billy Slater, I thought you cannot get a better endorsement Absolutely. Then from arguably the greatest fullback we've ever had to say they will win a comp with Clint Gutherson. And he was I, not just I'm throwing mate, that around. I'm so happy. Hey, listen, strong. they win a comp if Mitchell Moses plays the way he did the other night. Yeah. Like he's got the big money and it's just getting the job done. So people say, well, what does he have to do? Just get the – he got the job done. Mm. Clear he got the job done and he thought his job was done and he's going to pack up his desk for the day. And Moses, they got, mate, they went in the golden point. He asked for the ball. He was so calm. You just saw him sit there. He just nodded his head. He just like his heart, he just went, caught the ball, hit it, hit it beautifully. We saw Lachlan Elias do exactly the same thing. Hey, Cookie, I'm over here. Mate, if they rush Trell, is that a Latrell? If they rush Trell, I'm over here on the right. Mm. And, like, and he made the play. That was the difference. And I thought their front rowers, got outplayed in the grand final. I thought Leota and Fisher-Harris was brilliant. So you turn that around against Penrith and they beat them twice and I think they're so close. They're so close. So I find it strange. Parramatta is a club that keeps on giving or someone in the club just keeps on making up rumours or something because every single day there's something about Parramatta. Mm. And whether it's true or not, it's a big club, it's a huge brand, there's so much interest around it. And I actually feel sorry for them. In a way. I actually really do. Like, oh, Gutherson's going here or this guy's going here or Paulo wants out or this wants out or, you know, Moses. It's the most talked about club that I've ever had anything to do with. It is such a big it's a, big a club brand. with a big fan base, the big yeah. brand. And I know for Channel 9, do we just toss for them media, up? we – Do we just toss these up? We'll go every week. No matter who's speaking from Parramatta, you go just because it's the Eels and we'll run those plays. Whereas other clubs, you know, you might pick or choose, but – Yes, that's just what it is. It is a big mm. brand, so. I don't think you've ever been to the Titans, Emma. Well, they don't I even don't... know who you are. No, no. Hey, hey, hey. I hosted hey, mate, the Titans season Hey, listen, launch, they play mate. in the same competition. You know, you can come and do a story here <laughs> every now and then. Hey, hey, I was up there in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, oh, preseason, yeah. How many games did they play in the preseason? Oh, please, Gordy. I'm come doing on. one of their games around <laughs> Easter Sunday. Oh, okay. You're there bus. Easter Sunday. Woo. Oh, what, what about that? What a surprise. A weekend on the Gold Coast we'll around Easter. <laughs> we'll be calling that one too, won't we? Absolutely. We're calling it, yeah. Charlie White says yes. We Lock are it calling it. Yes. Lock it in, Eddie. Lock it in. All right. That's enough. That's plenty of jibber from us for the week. So um, we yes. look forward to 
Easter the Sunday. Same bat on time, the, the same bat place next yep. week. And uh, some more calls over in New Zealand in the weeks to come. But, Gordy, enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll see everyone next week for another edition of Footy Talk.